There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Euros All Access podcast is proudly sponsored by Vauxhall. Before we kickstart today's episode, I just wanted to take a moment to make sure that all of our listeners are aware of the Vauxhall ELCV range. If you don't know what I'm referring to, it is the best-selling electric van range from Vauxhall, which is driving innovation in 2024 with its modern facelifted design and improved electric technology. Now, I know the transition to an electric vehicle can sometimes feel daunting, but rest assured that when you choose Vauxhall, you're in the safest of hands. The ELCV range is designed to be as accessible as a diesel van. With an electric range of up to 261 miles and with one year's free public charging included, you will find it cheaper to run too. If you are already thinking of making the leap to an all-electric vehicle, then consider this your official sign. Go online and search Vauxhall Electric Vans today. Vauxhall's best-selling electric van range, energising a better Britain. Terms and conditions apply. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. Game day, your verdict. It was another busy day in the Premier League, and as ever, it delivered some great entertainment on game day with Talksport. Watford ended Liverpool's 44-game unbeaten run with a 3-0 win. West Ham eased their relegation fears at the London Stadium, and Chelsea could only manage a draw against Bournemouth. You've had your say on Talksport and Talksport 2. Here's the very best of your thoughts from the full-time phone-in with Adrian Durham and David Connolly, and your verdict with me, Laura Woods and Darren Bent. Okay, let's get straight into it now and head over to Vicarage Road with Sam Matterface. There's the full-time whistle. Hold the back page. Liverpool are beaten for the first time in the Premier League this season and they are beaten by a club fighting for their lives. Liverpool only need 12 points to win the title. They will still get them, but this defeat at the hands of the Hornets will sting all right. It means they can no longer overshadow Arsenal's invincibles. They will still lift the Premier League trophy, but theirs will not be golden. Well, the unbeaten record is gone. When you reflect on the performance, what are your initial thoughts as to what the problems were? It was just not good enough. So today, that's how it is. It was not um, what we wanted to do. On the other side, um, West um, Watford did exactly what they wanted to do. And um, so... Um, the things in the, in the first half, um, football things were not like they should have been, like um, positioning in different moments, um, uh, taking the risk in the right moment. Uh, really little things that make a big difference. We, we, we changed them in half time, so that was why we, the first half was like it was. Um, the, the second half started with a few more informations which we could give Stadium Media much better. So that was how it should have looked from the beginning. It would have been still difficult because a very defensive setup um, with a 6 3 1, um, pretty much. And, um, but then you can see the goal. Um, in a moment when you want to strike back, they score the second. So, uh, and the third one, um, 
yeah, we we had a big hand in. So that's the situation, and then we're three 0 down, and then you have to to still show the right amount of respect and, and and finish the game off and try. We tried, but it didn't happen, and so um, well deserved. Um, Watford, your team have been absolutely fantastic over the course of this season and it is incredibly difficult to go unbeaten over the course of a campaign <laughs> as everybody knows and no one was probably anticipating you probably weren't anticipating that it was going to happen anyway but since you've come back from the winter break you've stuttered a little bit why do you think that is Look, there were always different. I think all the teams had different things. So I don't see it exactly like that. It's um, you have to watch all games 95 minutes all the time, and not only results and summaries. So I watch them all the time, not only once. So uh, there are a lot of things uh, which are really, really good. And but we always knew that for different reasons. That's the most decisive part of the season. So everybody's fighting for everything. How can a team like Watford fight for the league, staying for staying in the league? So, um, but they do, and it's not finished. It was a big step for them tonight, and important, but it's not finished. So that will be tied until the end. So, but people said our 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 schedule, like playing against Norwich, playing against um, West Ham, and now against Watford, is an easy one. But that's just disrespectful. We are not. So it was always clear there will be there will be moments when it's really tough, and you don't. Nobody gives you a little bit of space. They all stand deep, and you go again against this and again and all that stuff. And so we just, for us, it's easy to explain. We were not good enough tonight. And uh, tonight, um, and in the other games, we did we did much better. That's why we won them and didn't win them tonight. So, and you have to defend. It's not about whatever run you have. For a run, you have to to defend on your highest level. We didn't do that um, and in, in the specific moments. So like it's a throw-in, bouncing ball, Troy brings the body and, it's, and then the ball is there and we are one step. Yeah, and so, yeah, if that happens in the Premier League, then somebody scores a goal. So that's all, it's easy to explain and explains as well why it's so difficult to win the amount of games we won. So we are not in a situation where we say, come on, we won so many games, it's not so important. And we, but we are not in the other situation that we, that we think we are the worst team in the, in the, in the world of football. So it's, but we, we still feel exactly how it should feel when you lose a game. And um, we don't want to have that. So and now we have the chance to change that again. It's not something you've experienced very often at all. But how do you ensure that psychologically the players don't dwell on it? Look, I don't think you get. You can ask that question for the next 500 years in an interview. I don't think you get that answer. But we will react. I can tell you. The phone lines are, are absolutely going off the hook. Mm. So I think we need to take some calls. So why don't we go to Sam first? He's a Watford fan. Um, it's only right we should give the first call of the day to a Watford fan because that was b- the performance of the day. Sam, welcome. How are you doing? Hi, how are we doing? Oh, not too bad, thank you. Did you go to the game? It sounds like you're outside. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm currently waiting for the train now. Uh, I'm absolutely out of breath. Wow. It's worth oh, it. Though. It's God, worth it though, isn't it? <laughs> oh, what a, what a game. I mean, after the weeks that we've had, um, after, you know, the, the, the new manager bounce kind of wore off, mm. the result last week against Manchester was an absolute heartbreak to us. And now, look at us, beating the champions of the league. <laughs> Did you think you were going to do it going into this game? Because we know that Nigel Not- Pearson's, in the, in the first game that you guys played against each other at Anfield, you, you came quite close, actually. It was a good performance. And me and Darren were talking about it before the show started tonight. If we can do something a little bit like that, but be more clinical, we might get a win. Well, yeah, it always seems to be our story, unfortunately. That we, we, we always give a good game, but we never seem to 
make the most of our opportunities. But today, we've just we've absolutely smashed out of the park. I, I'm speechless. Do you know, do you know what? With Watford, I've enjoyed watching Watford this season, but there's been times, you're right, where they've been the better side, first half, second half, but they've not been able to take their chances. I even go back to the Spurs game, where they absolutely battered Spurs mm. first half, but they just couldn't finish. And then you speak about the Liverpool game in, at Anfield, that saw couldn't finish the yeah. decore missed a couple of chances then a few missed chances so you know at some stage they were going to get it right and today was the day they got it all right and they scored the goals Ismail Sar turned 22 this week and what you were just saying there about missing his chances before and not quite being clinical enough mm. scoring two against Liverpool in a win like that as a striker as a, as a goal scorer Darren how much confidence will that give him? Yeah it'll give him massive confidence but also as well He's getting chances. Now, that, that's the important part because I think the finishing so the side service. of things, it's the service, but also his movement and the timing of his movements. He's still, even though he's missing opportunities, he's still brave enough to take them, to yeah. getting them, them chances and getting them positioned. So, I mean, it was a great day for him. He's just such a threat with his pace. Well, Trent Alexander-Arnold gave him some chances today, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. And you have to sometimes look at Trent's defending. And we all know going forward, he's absolutely superb on the ball and his distribution. But defensively, at times, he does get caught out of position. Sam, are you going to stay up? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've got a tough, tough away game against Palace. I mean, they have they've had two clean sheets on the bounce now. So, you know, it's. I think they've had three. Again, comes down to our opportunity taken, um, but I'm hopeful. I think we'll definitely stay up. Yeah. Game day. Your verdict on Talk Sport. Now's the time to save thirty percent on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The Euros All Access podcast is proudly sponsored by Vauxhall. I just wanted to take a moment to make sure that all of our listeners are aware of the new Vauxhall Combo Electric. The Combo Electric is Vauxhall's new compact van that is made right here in Britain at their Ellesmere Port plant. Not only does the new van look fantastic and with a striking redesign, but by manufacturing the Combo Electric locally, Vauxhall is helping to support the British workforce. Local manufacturing also reduces the cost of going electric, making the transition accessible for more businesses. With an electric range of up to 205 miles on a single charge and one year's free public charging included, the new Combo Electric is ready to take on whatever you throw at it. Head online today and see for yourself. Search Vauxhall Electric Vans and prepare to lead the charge. Vauxhall's best-selling electric van range, energising a better Britain. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, let's talk to Dave. He is a Liverpool fan. Welcome to the show, Dave. Uh, how difficult uh, was that for you right? to watch? Yeah, not bad. Are you all right? Yeah, well, a bit downhearted, but... Yeah. Downhearted? Wow. You're about 40 yeah. points clear. <laughs> I know, I know, but... It would have been nice to do the unbeaten, but ah, so you do like want to go unbeaten. See, this is interesting because beforehand we've been asking Liverpool fans whether they're bothered about it. They're like, "Nah, we're not bothered about it." But now it's gone. Are you bothered? 
Well, I don't want to seem too naive and say the league's in the bag, but it pretty much is. But I would have liked to have gone unbeaten. Mm-hmm. Um, but things like this happen and we get we get together and we concentrate on the next game. For you, Dave, where did it go wrong today? Where were the weak links? Diane Lovren. Plain and simple. I knew, I knew that was coming. Yeah. Sam Matapay said it in commentary uh, as well. Before the game yeah. started, that's the name that he circled on the team sheet. That's the weak link. It, uh, it proves how much we miss Jordan Henderson as well. Mm. I mean, you look at the midfield three, they was all looking around at each other. Like for someone to get yeah. up and stand no, up, no, and no leadership in there. There was no leadership exactly. in there whatsoever. Yeah, and Darren, taking nothing away from Watford at all. They were brilliant today. They deserved mm. every every point they got. But I mean, without Jordan Henderson, it proves how much how underrated he is as a footballer. That's exactly what I was going to say to Darren actually, because all season we've been talking about Jordan Henderson, and some people are saying like PFA Player of the Year, um, but others are saying absolutely not. And and we've had this the mm. debate before whether or not he's underrated, Dal. Of course, hundred percent, and he's underrated. One of the most underrated players in this country, you'd have to say. Mm. And you're right; he's only really appreciated when things like this happen, which is mm. unfortunate. It shouldn't be that way because we should be lauding him every game about what he does well for Liverpool or when he plays for England. But unfortunately, he's a player that when he's not there and he's missing, and you you see what happens. That's when we start going out. Look how much they miss Jordan Henderson. Look at the influence that he's got on the game. So, in some respects, it's not fair to him. But listen, he's a massive, massive platform. He's their captain. He's their leader. Mm. And you're right. When things ain't going well, he would have been pulling people in, screaming at people, get into position. And to be fair, he probably would have had love run up by his throat, really, because some of the some of the positions he was taking up just weren't good enough. Mm. He comes a couple of times. He left Van Dijk exposed. Now, when do you ever see that happen? Yeah, there's always a switch as well when the other centre back. I mean, Van Dijk's barely ever out. I think he's would miss one game uh, through illness or something thing like that and when he has a switch at centre back they always take a little while to to adjust to it and then after a couple of games they seem to be all right and when Lovren when Gomez was out and then Lovren was out and Matip came in he was so ropey in those early games do you know what it is as well then he became a brilliant player like if you're like a striker like Dini Mm. you can kind of sniff you can smell blood because you think to yourself, if you look at the two centre-halves, I always used to do it when I was playing, and you look at the weak link at the two, mm. and if you can sense there's a little bit of uncertainty one of them, you just stand on him and play on him, because you know you can win your headers yeah. off him, you can run in behind him, you can pretty much dictate to him, and that makes Van Dijk, who's obviously arguably the world's best defender, that puts him on edge, because then he can't just focus on his own game, whether when it's him and Gomez, he hasn't got to worry about that side of it. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Uh, let's go to Luke, he's a Liverpool fan. Dave, thank you very much for your call. Uh, Luke, how are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, I thought it was a very good game from Watford, even though um, we, Liverpool were expected to win today. I felt that, um, listening on the radio to it, that Watford played really good. And they sort of showed that um, just because you've got uh, loads of points in the Premier League doesn't mean that you can't be beaten at some point. Let's go to Harry. Luke, thank you very much for your call. Harry's a Liverpool fan. Harry, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm, well, we're still going to win the league, so I'm still happy. But, uh, <laughs> I just want to make two quick points, to be fair. Honestly, my first point there quick is Dejan Lovren should never put a Liverpool shape on again in his life. The most screwed boy defending I've ever seen in my life. Mm. The second point, if that doesn't win Jordan and this is the PFA player of the year, I don't know what mm. will. Mm-hmm. I'm not being funny. If, if there's any listeners right now that can hear it, that can remember Ray Kennedy and Jimmy Case, Jordan Anderson is the mixture of them both. Mm. He's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, Harry, what about, I mean, this season going unbeaten, was that ever th- anything that you actually wanted or was it just a nice byproduct of the wins? Well, uh, I mean, it, it would be nice, wouldn't it? But mm. let me just say something to Arsenal fans. We're not too bothered about that. We've won six European Cups, 18 league titles. We're going to win the 19th one. 
let Arthur fans have that. You know what I mean? They, they haven't won that much, so let them have that one, yeah? Well, Harry, you are talking to two Arsenal fans, so uh, let's cut Harry off immediately. Thanks for your call, Harry. Take that to heart. <laughs> Cheers. I was quite enjoying that conversation with Harry until then, so... <laughs> no, just joking. Uh, Harry, good luck for the rest of the season. I don't think anyone's in, in doubt over the fact that they're going to win the league. Of course, yeah. Um, OK, let's go to Steve. He's a Watford fan. Hello, Steve. Hi, Laura. Yeah, I just can't believe today's result. I mean... Uh, first half, we lost. Um, uh, De- 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 Delafay went off injured. Yeah, Delafay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I thought we'd be up against it. He, I thought he was the best player on the pitch in the first half. Um, but fair play to Watford. You know, they've done well. They kept going. And, um, yeah, unbelievable result. It's brilliant, isn't it? Steve, do you feel a little bit more confident now that you'll stay up? Very confident now. Mm. But, as Darren was saying... We've got to take this result into the, our next games against. We've got Burnley, Leicester. They're all tough games, you know. So they are yeah, tough it's, games. It's, it's going to be tight. It's going to be very tight. Yeah. Let's go to Frank. He's a Liverpool fan. Welcome, Frank. Yeah, I just watched the game. Yeah, fair play to Watford. But that didn't surprise me one little bit because since our letter came a good game where we looked off the pace. I mean, West Ham the other night when we played them, West Ham thoroughly deserved a draw. If not, do you know what, in my books, I thought they deserved to win, yeah. to be honest. The way, it, But just shows you, just shows you, I mean, the lack of concentration from the defenders and, and Lovren, for me, my God, well, I don't know what to say about him, but he just, like, every time he lines up against Van Dijk, he look, Van Dijk looks like, you know what I mean, he's like, he's shaking in his boots. Yeah. But in the last couple of games, Van Dijk's been a bit off, I don't know whether it's the season's caught up with them or they're just like, Come off the, off, you know, it's just off like the they've just come off the, off the gas. Yeah. I thought they were going to go into this game today. I thought they were going to do like um, similar, like Man City, for instance. Yeah, even though they're so far behind, they still go out and still, you know, fight for every ball in this now. And this is what I expected from Liverpool. But in the last couple of games, you know, they have come off the gas quite a bit, and they're making so many mistakes. Personally, I've, we've won the league. You know what I mean? I think mm. because of the gap that we've got, you know. Uh, from City, but you know, um, yeah, I think the players need to take a good look at themselves today because I thought Watford today were were absolutely fantastic. They just punished our mistakes at the back. Um, the midfield, our midfield looked like you know they were losing the ball. Watford closed us down. We played a little bit far up the pitch, and they were just basically yeah, fantastic. You know, fair play to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you know. Um, we're playing Atletico on the, you know, on, you know, we've got Atletico coming up. We've got the FA Cup with Chelsea and all that and the other. So they need to buck up their ideas. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Referee blows the whistle. West Ham three, Southampton one. West Ham go above Villa. They go above Bournemouth. A point behind Brighton, and suddenly staying in the Premier League looks a whole lot more rosy. West Ham three, Southampton one. What a great day for Jared Bowen on his home debut. Scores and gets man of the match, and West Ham win. Great win for your team today, and so many pluses. I mean, Jared scored. Uh, Alain scored. It was it was just one plus after another for you. Yeah, there was a lot of good things today, but uh, the disappointing thing was that we didn't score enough. I mean, we got opportunities to set people free and play them in. So I was more disappointed at halftime we hadn't got ourselves uh, in a better position. But I have to say, you know, Jared Bowen's goal was a great goal. Seb Howard gets back on the score sheet, and then Mickey and Tony wraps it up as well. So uh, there was a, a lot of really good things and a lot of positives again. Quote to the end of the game where West Ham shouldn't be relying on a kid from Hull to save them, but 
kid from Hull did all right? Yeah, the kid from Hull done well, but I've had a few kids, similar positions, similar types, who, you know, you bring them on at the right speed and at the right time. Uh, we needed him today, and he showed he showed what he's capable of. He's he scored a lot of goals this year. I think he had 15 or so from Hull this year, and last year I think it was 16, the year before he had scored. So I think he's got that, uh, that ability to score. What we want to do is just bring him on and, and make him into a Premier League player and, and do it in the right way and not not rush him and, and find that, you know, we you know he's we get disappointed with him too quickly. I want to make sure that everybody's really pleased by how he does over over the period to come. One swallow doesn't make a summer, you all know that, even in the game long enough to like that. How, how you've got to build on this and, and I mean, do you now set yourself a target of how many more wins you need? Well, I think I've always had a target, and I've, and I've told the players what we need to do as well. Because I don't, I don't what want to target. No, well, I'm not going to tell you, but I've told my players what I think. But I don't want the players sleepwalking into into a position which we don't want to be in. We know that we know we're going to have to win more games. Even winning today is certainly not going to going to be enough. But we've we've got to win enough games to keep us up. And uh, today's one. You know, there'll be others that will give us an opportunity. And. Uh, you know, next week's the first chance we get that opportunity to try and win. Last one from me. How are you going to go home and celebrate? Because it's been two, two, three months since your last win. Yeah, but you know, I've uh, I've enjoyed the performances of the players in some other games. I thought the performance at Liverpool gave us a real opportunity to to play well today and get a result. You know, and there's been a lot of positives to take. But the players deserve the credit. They've done really well, and and we were a handful for Southampton today. I think we should just pat each other on the back, really, shouldn't we? <laughs> Rather than the kissing thing, we'll leave that to you yeah. safe. Is that right? There we go. David Moyes in, in great form here after the 3-1 win over Southampton. Yeah, he sounded uh, very happy, David, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did, and I'm so pleased. I mean, he mentioned Jared Bowen now. I just wondered, would anyone take the punt on Bowen? Because if you look at all the forwards last year, got 20 goals more. 20 plus in the championship. He was the only one still playing there. You know, Shea Adams went to Southampton, McBurney, obviously Sheffield United, Jay Rodriguez, Burnley, Dwight Gales back at Newcastle, Billy Sharp, Sheffield United, Tammy Abraham, Neil Mope, Pukki, all playing in the Premier League, bar Bowen. And you think, when's he going to get the chance? Finally, West Ham take a punt on him. I'm so pleased. Fingers crossed it all works out for him. Great to see him start. He's a goal scorer. Look, he'll get them goals. He really will. And they've got the players. And he mentioned the Liverpool game. You know, they played some really good stuff against Liverpool. You know, they really did. I mean, a couple of goals were really poor that, that they conceded. But, you know, the ball in from Declan Rice to Fournals was, you know, sort of Alexander-esque. Uh, you know, and you spoke about him today, didn't you, Declan Rice? How good he was. So, fingers crossed, things are on the rise for West Ham. Let's speak to Baz, who's uh, a West Ham fan. I believe he's outside this uh, London Stadium right now. How are you doing, Baz? I'm good, yourself? Yeah, that was more like it today, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. I didn't go into the game. Um, you what? You stayed match. outside the stadium? Yeah, I've not been in. <laughs> since Tottenham scored their third goal against us. I've not been in. Oh, is this? Some, are you one of the protesters? Yeah, I'm, I'm massively anti-ball. Um, but the performance today or the result today is a great result. But you could see with the starting eleven when it announced that there was a chance we could actually win a football match and we'd create chances. I think the stats at the end of the first half was that we had had seven attempts for on target. No, West Ham ain't done that in 90 minutes, so it, it just goes to show when you have an attacking side, you, you have a chance of winning games. And fair play to him today, and fair play to the club. That's the result for the club. Let's just, um, I mean, listen, you, we all understand why some of you are protesting and you're staying outside the stadium, etc. I think we all understand why and, and understand your feelings. Um, do, you, do you think, though, you've, you've missed out a little bit? Because 
you've missed Jared Bowen's own debut. He scored a cracking goal. There were lots of empty spaces in the stadium. The official crowd was 59-962, but there's no way that was that many in here. Uh, did you feel a little bit like you've missed out? I, I, I missed out beating Chelsea away when we beat them 1-0. I missed out when we beat Southampton away. I missed a lot of games. All the while, the two owners own this football club. I attend the home game. I will go to away games. I've always done it. I've missed six games in five years up to the Tottenham game, uh, following this club home and away. I don't wish them bad personally. I don't wish, like, the Manchester United chairman had happened at their house. I don't want that. But I don't like what they've done to West Ham. They, they've killed a club, in my opinion, that had a great heritage. It's been taken away. It, it's lost the connection it had with its fan base. There's a toxic fan base here now that's got a divide amongst it. No owners of this football club have ever done that before. And no owners have ever sold our heart and soul for their own game. And that's where we're at now. OK, let's go back to the phones then and take a call from Russell. He's a West Ham fan. Hi, Laura. How are you, Darren? You right? Hello. Hi, Welcome to the show, Russell. Massive win for you guys today. Yeah, I spoke to you after the uh, Brighton game and I was nearly suicidal. I remember. Um, I remember. <laughs> a, oh, nightmare. One thing, first of all, I agree with the Liverpool caller about three or four ago. I think James Milner. If you played James Milner, they would have won today. Um, but um, oh, oh, he, he won on the bench, was he? No, that's the one. Um, I just think, though, um, David Moyes uh, has listened to lots of people and Haller today, I don't know if you saw the game, but Haller today showed that he was a £45 million pound player. His goal was incredible. His old up play, uh, If you play two up, if you buy a player who plays with two or three around him and then play him as a lone striker, he's going to look poor. Antonio's quality, uh, Bowen joined in with there as well. So I think that playing so poorly against Man City a few weeks ago actually forced David Moyes. And I think, I think another big signing for us, it's gone under the radar, it's bringing Kevin Nolan in under the coaching staff because yeah. Kevin Nolan played for the club, knows how the club works, and I think he's come in and I think he's helped address the situation and I think that's gone right under the radar. And I think Nolan is a professional. He was great under Allardyce. Yeah. And I think he's probably got things going underneath and, uh, and that is a big sign in that no-one's seen. And, uh, and I think that's a big plus. You're so right. You're so right, Russell, because the thing is as well as what what you guys have been criticised for a lot this season is having no leadership on the pitch and, and, and that sort of heart. And even though Noble is a brilliant um, leader, it almost hasn't been happening. And Kevin Nolan, I mean, he's been on this show, he's been on TalkSport so many times, he didn't tell any of us he was going to no, be... Didn't he, he didn't tell any of us he was going to take that job. Um, so you're so right for, for bringing him up, actually. What about Declan Rice? Because he's come under some criticism in the past few weeks, but he was so good today. I think, uh, yeah, I think Declan Rice, it, um, I'm saying to the blokes I go with, he, although he didn't do anything major, everything he did was perfect. He had another couple of major little runs like he did against Liverpool and Man City. And I think he just made that tick, especially with Suchek being out. And I, he just allowed the, the players in front of him. And I think that's one of Declan Rice's better games because he's had a bit of a dip of form. But there were some really good performances today. And I, and, and, and I think... The crowd are getting a really bad name because we're all, all, all the crowd are being saying, oh, we've got to stay with the club while we're going through this bad patch. Mm. The, 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 the 55,000 West Ham supporters fully back the club when they're playing. The, the beef is with GSB. That's where there was 5,000 people there today. When we get in the stadium, of course we want our team to win. Of course we're going to cheer our players on. There's a separate... And, and I think the media and, and lots of ex-players are making a big thing about that 
we are, the crowd are making the team play poorly. Of course, we get on their backs when they're playing bad, but we did that Upton Park. We do that when we're away from home. And any, any supporter does. So I think this, I think this making this 50,000 people um, look as though we're making the team go down, it's nothing. We want GSB out. Of course, we want them out. We know the reasons why we want them out. But all we want is a team, and we want a bit of vision. And I think it's unfair that the 50,000 supporters are all being backed. There was 5,000 people today at a protest. You didn't see that in the ground. That was one of the best atmospheres there because the team played. And that's what we want. That's all we want. We want a bit of leadership. We want a bit of money put into the team. And, and I looked at that team today. Before we kicked off, we don't deserve to be in the bottom three. We're, we've got a quality side. And, and, and we haven't performed this season for whatever reason. And I think Moyes was forced to play with two up top. And look at the difference. Long may, may long it continue. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Let's speak to Will, who's a West Ham fan. How you doing, Will? Evening, gents. How are you? I'll tell you what, I saw on Twitter, somebody tweeted me saying, uh, before the game, saying, if Moyes loses this, he's out. Well, we'll never know. But he wasn't, he wasn't. Will, what, what do you think? I mean, was it really getting to that point? I just, I think that today's win was just vital on so many fronts. You had, you, everyone seen the, you know, the unrest among the fans uh, off the pitch and for things that are above the management and playing level. The, there was all this talk after the Liverpool game on Monday that, uh, that we, we can really take heart from performance. But if we'd have lost today, that would have been shattered. And I think as well, from the players' point of view, West Ham have thrown away the most points from winning positions out of anyone in the Premier League this year. Yep. I think no one really, you know, of a West Ham persuasion, when we, or certainly when Southampton got the equaliser, I'm sure most fans were thinking, oh, here we go again. But to be able to turn that round and dig in and actually go, no, all right, we've had a setback here, and then go on and win it in the emphatic fashion that we did. I think I think it's vital on on so many levels. No, I totally agree. I mean, it, for me, it, all right. It, you could say that they've been let back in by a goalkeeping mistake, but they've made the most of that. And I think that the confidence that we'll see from Jared Bowen, from Hilaire, we were just talking about as well, but other players as well. Will, talk to me about Declan Rice, because I was watching him today and his awareness, his anticipation, just his football know-how. I mean, it, it left me in awe, really. I thought he was that good today. And, and, you know, according to a lot of people, that's how he's been playing for most of the season. I think I, I think he's been one of very few sort of shining lights, if you like, in, in what's been a pretty grim season for West Ham so far. But I think the the fear with that comes is that everyone knows of a West Ham persuasion, certainly, that he's destined for for bigger and people, unfortunately, say better things. So he'll be sold in the summer. He'll be sold in the summer to raise cash so he can buy more players. But uh, but there you go. So what sort of I don't know what, what as a fan from a fan's point of view there. What have you got to to hold on to or to take from it? Because I, I, there's that argument that we haven't seen his best years. But surely we should we should at least hold on to him for for one more. If you're trying to build something, he's the man you want to build it round, isn't he? Game day. Your verdict on Talk Sport. Ralph, you look very frustrated today on the sidelines. Um, you look frustrated now. You had your head in your hands at one point. Um, what went wrong this afternoon? Very much. Uh, especially the goals we conceded were absolutely too easy. So it was was too easy to score against us today. And uh, if you defend like this, you have no chance to get something. The second goal, was it a foul on the goalkeeper or was it Alex McCarthy's error? No, it was no foul. It was clear Alex's error. He knows that. 
he can punch the ball away, then nothing happens. But if he goes with both hands, then he must catch it. But then he has to jump, and he didn't. So it was a clear mistake from him. He knows that was not his best day, and uh, but he was not alone. We had, uh, I think, all not our best day today. You beaten by West Ham here last season, and at St Mary's as well back in December. Have they, have they just got a, some sort of lucky sign over you, or are you frustrated that you can't get the better of them? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's last year we conceded three goals. Today we came back with a fantastic goal. We scored uh, exactly what we wanted to do. But uh, yeah, it's frustrating if you if you give it away that easy. And uh, yeah, this is something I was like back in my in my in my in all our development so far. In terms of Danny Ings, I know he only trained yesterday for the first time this week. But when you have someone as good as him in the form he's in. Is there a temptation from you, despite the fact you might have trained all week, to start him, or was he never going to start today? Yeah, because, uh, you know, we have another 10 games, uh, and we go uh, from the beginning, and then he steps off because he's injured, and the rest of the season maybe cannot play. Then uh, you would ask me why I did the risk. Yeah? So, after the game, you always you know more. So, uh, I think we did the right decision not to take the risk. That's true. And finally, you are on 34 points. I know technically you'll say to me, we're not safe. We probably need another six points to get to the magic 40. But in, in reality, you probably are safe. And you've got Newcastle next week, a whole week to get things right on the training field now. Yeah, well, I think uh, now we have to show up at home because uh, normally away games are always... Uh, we had a good record this season. Uh, so... Um, after this defeat, uh, we had to show. We have to show reaction next week. Martin is a, a Saints fan. He's been uh, waiting patiently. Hey, hi guys. I've got really fond memories of, of David Connolly when we were in League League One for Saints. Standard scoreline back then was uh, Lambert, Lalana, and Colony. So thanks for that, David. <laughs> is that true, want, David? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> <your> time. <laughs> what do you want to say, Mark? But, well, yeah, today was a bit lacklustre, really. I mean, Saints, um, you know, went about it in the right way. Um, 66% of possession, you know, tells you uh, tells you one side of the story, but the other side of the story, yeah, we didn't didn't test Sabianski perhaps once. He had one save to make other than the goal. But the thing that you know frustrated me the most was um, that um, James James Ward-Prowse being played at right back. You got two right backs sat on the bench, and um, you know persists with um, Prowse at right back. And uh, oh my God! Do you know what I would say is he was very attacking. I mean, it wasn't orthodox right back, you know, deep in his Agreed. own half. He's so good, so good at that role that maybe Hassan felt he was the best man for the job. Well, you got to remember yeah, but... he did well against Zaha. He did well against Grealish. But I agree, he's a, he's a centre mid all day long. I don't know whether that was to maybe get I don't know Smallbone in the team as well, alongside you know Hoiberg and and Buffal, But that's what it looks like. Oh, but but sorry, I, I did, I, yeah, but I'd agree with you. I think I think Prowse should be certainly should be should be in the middle of the park. I think if you're taking yeah. Walker Peters on loan, uh, Martin, then why, why are you going to take him on loan if you're not going to play him at right back and, and just leave him on the bench? Doesn't make sense. You got, does you, it? You've got a fit. You've got a fit Jan, Valer, Jan Valerie as well. But I'm not going to take anything away from them. They they really went at it today. As I say, a lot of good possession. You know, maybe not as cut and thrust as we should have been, but. Um, the last few weeks, and you know, ever since the uh, the tragic re- lesser result, you know, where we are now, I mean, to comp- compared to where we thought we were there back then, is just a hats off to, to the team. They've been fantastic. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. It's a point apiece at the Vitality Stadium on Talk Sport Two. Great game too. It finished. Bournemouth two, Chelsea two. Frank, such a topsy turvy game. At the end of it, is it a point gained or two dropped for your side? 
Um, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't care whether to put it in either box. Um, there are elements of it you can say point and game because the character at the end when we were pushing. But over the whole period of the game, everything considered, I think we need to win the game. We have a big share of possession, lots of shots on goal. Um, so a bad little period in the second half and not being clinical again with our chances is the deciding factor. In terms of the performance, though, was was that the kind of response you were hoping for after what happened in the Champions League in the week? Yeah, kind of. It was going to be a tough game here. The atmosphere is tough. They have energy in their team, particularly in the early stages and in the early stages of the second half. Um, I think we can do better. I think we can do better. I thought we had complete control of the ball for the 25 minutes of the, of the first half, the last 25 when we scored. And then the essence is, can we go and keep doing the good things to take this game away from Bournemouth? We had a great chance at 1-0 um, and then they score at a set piece. Um, which is on us. We know it's coming. We know they're good in the air, and we get out jumped, and that changed the tone of the game. You mentioned the fact you weren't clinical enough. Maybe has cost you. You can't level that at Marcus Alonso. Seventeen no. goals for a defender in the Premier League over the course of his career. That's some record. Yeah, it's fantastic. Credit to Marcus. He arrives. He anticipates um, with the thought of a, an attacking player. You know, he's on the move, as you saw, particularly for the headed goal. Um, but I'm, I don't like our left back being the, the man scoring the goals, the last three goals for us in the league. I like it for Marcus. I won't take that away from him personally. That's real credit to him. But when you look at how we created the goals, the, the chances today, then we need attacking players because that takes the game away from Bournemouth. And they, they obviously feel like they're in it at 1 0. Um, and that's something we've seen before this season. In terms of attacking players that weren't there today, obviously no Tammy Abraham. Can you give us an update on his fitness? No, I'm not sure yet. He's had uh, getting pain in his ankle and there's no actual date for that yet. Okay, and and obviously games tomorrow, Tottenham and Manchester United both in action. Do you, do you keep an eye on what they're doing, or do you try and switch off in a way? No, no, no I keep an eye, and it's a tough league, and you know who knows what to expect. Manchester United on great form, uh, Tottenham and Wolves are both in the race. So no, I'll sit and watch the the, the games, and we have to understand the, the battle that we're in, the teams that are around us, and we'll watch it. Thank oh, you, Frank. Switch off. Oh, come on, he's got a David. He's got to switch off, hasn't he? Come on. Well, you'd, you'd like to think so, but I don't think they have much time to switch off. Um, everyone goes about it differently. I mean, no Nigel Pearson, we're looking at Watford here, aren't we? You know, he goes off trekking in the hills and you can't get hold of it. I think even when he wanted that, well, Watford wanted him, they couldn't get hold of him. He was trekking in the, in the, I don't know, the Yorkshire Dale somewhere. But at some point, you've got to relieve the pressure. But look, you can hear it in his voice. He's pained. You know, he knows that, that Chelsea aren't where they want them to be, where he wants them to be at this moment in time. Yeah, it's uh, a bad result, I think, for Chelsea. I love the fact he says I don't like my left-back scoring goals. Let's speak to Richard, who's a Chelsea fan. What do you want to say, Richard? Good evening, lads. Great show, as usual. Cheers, I just mate. think that what Frank's doing is brilliant. I'm sorry. Yes, we got better by Bayern Munich, right? They, they're a better side than what we are. Frank was begging for a striker, is what we asked for. He knows. We had we lost the 20-goal-a-season man last, last, last season. And what he's done with that team is an absolute miracle. You've got idiots calling for his head, sack him, sack him. Well, I'm sorry, but the team he's got, he's done miracles. I didn't expect us to be fourth around fourth. I was looking about seventh or eighth. But what he's done is absolute miracles. Yes, he knows he's got to get rid of players. We know Batshuayi's not a good enough striker. He's not. Abraham's good enough as a second striker, but that's what Frank was begging for, and the club didn't back him in the January transfer window. So now... What he's done is miracles. So I think the bloke has done fantastic for us. I don't care what other people say. I think he's brilliant. Will you still feel that way if you don't finish top four? Yes, I will, because I don't expect us to finish top four. We had a young squad. We couldn't buy anyone in. This is what people are forgetting. Chelsea couldn't buy anyone in, in, in the summer. 
we didn't bother getting anyone in January. So if we don't finish top four, it's not a disaster. I looked at us this season finishing about 10th. Where we, I mean, look at Man United, what they spent. Spurs have spent. And, and we're still above them. Yes, we've been beaten twice by Man United. We've got a young side. And we've got elder players in that side that have let Frank down. And Frank knows he needs to change the squad. That's why he's dropped Kepper. Kepper deserves to be dropped. He should have been sold when he treated the, uh, the manager like he did in the, in the cup final. We bought him on a panic buy because we lost Courtois, so we panic buyed and spent £70 million. I'm sorry. He's had two seasons in the Premier League and he's not good enough. And Frank knows what we need to do. Come the summertime, when he does that, then yes, we can criticise Frank if he does things wrong. But this season, he's done absolute miracles. Well, I, I, I'm half in agreement here because if you look at the stats, a lot of... A lot of the stats back that up. I mean, they've had something only behind Man City, I think, in terms of shots. So they've had so many shots of goal, about four, 500 shots of goal, conceding about half the amount, but they're letting in too many goals. So what does that tell you? Well, I agree. He needed a centre-forward. He needs something else. They got Ziek, but he's not coming till the summer. Why didn't they back him or get someone in in January? Because to me, Frank was saying, you could see in his press conferences, he was desperate to get players in. And why didn't the club go and get him the players? And this is what I can't understand. Why, why appeal against the transfer ban and then do nothing about it? I'm sorry, yeah. they had 31 days to do something, to turn around. They kept looking at Moussa Dembele, they kept looking, they kept looking. If they wanted him, they should have paid the money over the top for him to get the striker Frank wanted. Why bother appealing? Why waste money on lawyers appealing? Why not just leave it and say, fine, we've got, the, we got, the two, we got the, the two transfer bans, we'll leave it. No, they pushed and pushed to get it done, and then they done nothing... And now you've got fans criticising Frank, saying, oh, well, he's not playing this. Frank knew what he wanted. The ball didn't back him. I don't blame Frank at all for any of this. You've got to look at what he had and what he's done. He's come from the Championship. Yes, we were Chelsea. Yes, we're used to winning stuff. But this season is a free season for Frank because he had nothing. He had to work with what he had. He had to call players back from the Championship. Chelsea wouldn't do that normally. I'm not being funny, but... The young team we've got wouldn't be getting the chance if Frank had been there. People didn't want to come to the club because they knew we couldn't spend. He took the job and he's done miracles. And he was begging for people to come to that club and the ball did not back him in January. Elliot, a Chelsea fan, uh, is with us. How are you doing, Elliot? Very good, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem at all. Two points dropped or waypoint gained or any reason to panic? Um, no, if anything, I think people are... It needs to take a long, hard look at themselves after today. I think today just shows the realistic situation that we have for the rest of the season. And the fact that it's going to be a battle, I think at the beginning of the season, everyone looked at Frank and was like, right, it's his second season in management, give him some time. It's not his squad, we don't, etc. And then, as, and then in a way, he sort of overperformed by getting us to where we are this season. And today's just an example of what, we're, what actually should be happening, where we're relying on our second or third choice left back, effectively, for goals. And if anything, I think it's a, it's a point gained, if I'm being honest. It's a time for any Chelsea fan who might be a little bit concerned just to stay calm, think about what's gone on, think about everything in context. Losing Eden Hazard, the transfer ban and constantly changing managers. I, I, I absolutely agree with anyone who says that he is performing miracles so far this season, Elliot. 
I mean, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Despite my joy at Liverpool dropping points today, I'm not expect. I was never expecting to catch them. However, however, if we, we we've got to look at the thing, half the squad is is extremely young and in their first season of Premier League football. Half the squad is are fringe players that Lampard doesn't doesn't completely trust, or aging players who are running out of contracts. You've actually got to look and see that we've actually done some serious good things, and and I take Hudson Odoi as an example. He hasn't featured much this season, the injury, but when he's come on, you've seen that he's already got a bit more of a level head this season to last season, and so I think it, you you look at the likes of Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, Reese James, who was by who by far and about one of our best players today. And you've got to think, next season, with a full season under their belts, where can these guys go? It's a, it's a great question. I think the only way is up under Frank Lampard uh, for Chelsea. But I, I, uh, listen, maybe Elliot, thanks for the call. It may just be that you know they don't finish in the top four this season, David. And you know it's just going to be patience required from the Chelsea fans. Well, yeah, I mean, they are getting chased down. You know, there's no doubt the rest have caught up on them. I mean, they've lost eight at home, which is the most since, what, I don't know, about 1986 or something like that. And I guess if you look at their results, you'll probably go, a few of them are probably a little bit disappointing. Probably the Arsenal one, you know, they've probably seen, seen that out. Obviously, Newcastle away wasn't a great one. You can pick holes in a lot of their performances, I know that. But I guess, in by and large, you look at their squad, and I think the one thing that's killed them, I think, a lot of it, they've had so many injuries. They really have, whether it's Kante, Rudiger, all along the back line have had injuries. The goalkeeping situation, which, you know, I think Frank finally made the right call on in the middle of the park. They've had injuries uh, out wide. They've had injuries. Pulisic, obviously, hudson Adoy has been out um, up top. Abraham. So you put it all together. I think, you know, a lot of managers have struggled. And, and, and I think he's done very well to be where he is. However, I think in the summer, he'll say, look, you got to back me in terms of signing players. You know, I want to add to it. I want to, you know, have a, a little bit of an overhaul. I want a new goalkeeper. I might want another centre forward I want uh, someone else out wide as, as a different option because obviously he's got Willian he's got Pedro to resolve you know he does have Ziyech coming in but I'm sure he'll want he'll want an awful lot of work to happen in the summer and that work should be happening now behind the scenes I'm sure it is Game day your verdict on Talk Sport That's it Crystal Palace win at Brighton first time in a Premier League fixture Crystal Palace move into mid-table Brighton stay deep in the relegation scrap. One single strike from Jordan Ayew, 20 minutes from the end, has settled this game. Brighton certainly had their opportunities. They were the team putting the pressure on at the moment that Ayew scored the decisive goal. A goal that means so much to the fans of these two teams. The unique backstory to this unique fixture has got another entry in its legend. And that entry has been made by a Ghanaian, Jordan Ayew. His solitary goal, 20 minutes in the end, gives us a final score on TalkSport. A Brighton and Hope Albion nil. Crystal Palace won. Game tough one to take. You're very, yeah, very tough. Um, created a lot of chances, played well. Uh, they didn't do too much to, to get their goal. Came from at the, against the run of play from pretty much nowhere. I felt, but again, that's football. It's a sore one for us. But sometimes you need a bit of luck, and we didn't have that today. That's for sure. But um, you can't feel sorry for yourself. You have to dust yourself down, and we have to focus on what we did well, the positives. 
and move forward to prepare to play against Wolves. Conceding a goal is never great, but it really felt like that one kind of took the wind out of your sails a bit today. Well, I think it's psychologically it's a bit of a blow, I suppose, to the players. You know, I think they felt how on top they were and we were pushing for a goal and um, the better side at that point. But no, I just think then then once it's 1-0, the, the away team have something to defend. It becomes harder to create things. We still huffed and puffed, but um, no complaints with the boys' effort, no complaints with what they tried to do. It's just sometimes you come on the wrong end of a result and that's what it feels like today. And what did you feel was missing then? Uh, a goal. Um, I mean, and, and a bit of luck, like I said. I mean, Lewis Dunks had a great header and it's it's gone that quick. It's hit Neil Malpai in the face. Solly Martin's had a good chance. Neil's had a good chance. Um, so, again, against a, a team that is organised well defensively, we, we created chances, we had opportunities, we had play. Um, you just need to score. And a tough run of fixtures now, and it's, it's just all about points on the board now, right? Well, of course, yeah. That's, but it's always been about that. But it's, again, also about how you can play football. And we need to... We need to turn the margins in our favour. We have to try to turn the draws into wins and these narrow defeats into points, absolutely. Um, but that's the challenge. That's the Premier League. That's where we're at. And that's Graham Potter after another defeat for Brighton. Those uh, fixtures, they're away to Wolves, home to Arsenal, at Leicester, home to Man United, at Norwich, you might have caught them by then, home to Liverpool, home to Man City, at Southampton, home to Newcastle, at Burnley. See you, Brighton. Let's speak to uh, Mark, a Brighton fan who was at the game. What do you make of it, Brighton? What do you make of what Potter said there? Needed a little bit of luck, he said. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's 100% wrong with that. Um, we needed a bit more than just luck today. We did, well, we've created so many chances. I think that's what he's alluding to. Like, just need to stick one of them away, have the ball roll the right way, not hit our strike on the goal line when the ball's going in, stuff like that. But it weren't good enough, really, I have to be honest with you. Um, well, you've had double the, uh, double the amount of uh, efforts as Crystal Palace. You've had more than double the amount on target as well. Now, I've, I've always thought... I mean, David Connolly, you and I spoke at the start of the season about uh, Neil Mopai and how he's a terrific finisher. And it's not all down to him, I know, but you're kind of expecting a little bit little bit more from him, really. Well, also, what I would say is I don't quite understand why maybe Glenn Murray didn't start. I thought he was a shoo-in to start this game today, obviously, against Palace. And him and Mopai, I thought, were, were terrific last week. So, I don't know what Mark thinks, but is he surprised? What a fan surprise not to see those two up top. Um, you never too. You can't ever try and predict a, a pot of lineup. I think that no. uh, there's not many criticisms of the guy for me. Still, I'm still behind him, but he does maybe tinker a little bit too much. I'm not sure he knows what his best eleven is. I think. He well, even tinkered. now, I, I, I don't. I think. I honestly don't think he does. No, I think he, wow. there's too much tinkering in the midfield. I think. But say now, I don't know if you ask ten supporters whether we could all learn, uh, name the best lineup. These players they're not consistent enough. One week they'll be great, Murray, Mopai. Next week, couldn't hit a barn door. Like, it's the fine margins. Like, if we take our chances, they will win that game 2 0, probably. But it's, um, it's all lifts and buts, I'm afraid. It's getting all of it. As you said, you just give me the, the running. It's horrendous. So you never know. It might suit us to play a couple of the bigger teams, but I, I, I'm not confident anymore. <laughs> Yeah, it's listen, uh, in terms of uh, the, the Wilfred Zaha, there was a lot of uh, needle going on. It was great yeah. fun to watch, I've got to say. I mean, it really, it, what it did was, for those who aren't convinced that this is a, you know, if you can't call it a derby, you can call it a big grudge match. For those that aren't yeah. convinced by that, well, they've got to think again, haven't they? I did really. I mean, there's always so much noise about how it's not a derby. It doesn't really matter. There's two sets of fans that it matters to, and it matters so much to both of us. You see the celebrations Palace had today. We had the same at Sellers last season. If it, if it matters to no one else, that's fine by us, because it's our rivalry, but 
Zaha, when he leaves Palace in the summer, which I think he will do, it will definitely take a bit of edge out of it because he's a bit of a, you know, he, he doesn't, um, he knows how to wind us up and uh, we give it a bit back. And end of the day, I still think that goes to, goes against us too much when we play Palace. We, we build the Zaha thing up and I think he, he fires on that sometimes. And we play into his hand a bit. It was great fun though. How worried are you? Scale of one to ten, I think I'm probably pushing seven or eight now. Oof. Blimey. Yeah, I think I called a couple of weeks ago and spoke to Laura and after the Watford game I was still fairly confident but it's that run of fixtures and I don't know where the, I don't know where the goals are coming from and we haven't kept a clean sheet in what feels like forever I don't know it's just not a good combination so. and Mark Mark, what do you think you know about the recruitment because you spent an awful lot of money and not too many do you think of the signings have worked out have they no I think Mopo still I still think he's, he's, he's good for goals in this level I mean he, he had a bit of an off day today but um, beyond that, the signings ain't been great. I think Moy seems to have gone to pot since we signed him permanently. He was great when he's on loan, chucked 20 million quid at him, and he, he's had a couple of stinkers recently. But this is what happens when a team's low on confidence. You can't single players out. It's just not, we're not getting the rubber to green, and we're maybe not deserving the rubber to green at the moment. Mark, I've got some bad news for you. Watford have just taken the lead against Liverpool. That doesn't surprise me at all. The way, this, the way today's gone, the only saving grace is Chelsea got their last one equaliser, so it's gone horrendously. So. Yeah, cheers for that. Have a good weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a game. Championship's really good. Uh, Mark, thanks for the, the call. <laughs> I've sent him off there uh, with a nasty one. But um, you're right about Glenn Murray, you know. He scored in his last four against Palace. He seems to love yeah. playing against Palace. I must admit, when I saw the lineup and I, I didn't see Murray there, I was very surprised. He did get 25 minutes or so at the end, but uh, it was, that's a big shock, that. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, he's only him and Mopai, I think, have only started twice together, which is pretty incredible. You think about it, it's a lot to expect Mopai, who, you know, as we said, looked done really well for Brentford and he has got his goals. But maybe if he'd had a bit of muscle up alongside him, like Murray, like he did last week against, you know, Sheffield, and maybe, you know, he'd be doing a little bit better. As it is, I think it's because Potter doesn't really want to change his shape. He doesn't really want to play two up top. He wants to play over number 10, two holding midfielders. That's what he wants to do. But I think a lot of the signings, I think Mopay will come good. But I think a lot of the others just haven't really worked out. And, you know, he's only started five games, Murray. Um, he's brought him in towards the tail end where he's really struggling for that little bit of experience. But arguably, you look at some of their goals. I mean, you go back to the Watford one where against Watford and they're really lucky. I think it was Mariapa with a comical sort of own goal. Oh, yeah. And you go back to the West Ham one. You know, they were sort of given two goals by West Ham, weren't yep. they? Comical defending. They were 3 and 1 you, down and it should have been done. One, yep. Yeah, exactly. So I think they've got a couple of points pretty fortuitously. So I don't know. I, I, uh, a bit like, you know, maybe yourself, I, I'm a little bit concerned about Brighton. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Before you go, I just wanted to remind you that the Vauxhall ELCV range is the best-selling electric van range from Vauxhall, which is driving innovation in 2024 with its modern facelifted design and improved electric technology. Now, I know that the transition to an electric vehicle can sometimes feel daunting, but rest assured that when you choose Vauxhall, you're in the safest of hands. The ELCV range is designed to be as accessible as a diesel van with an electric range of 261 miles and with one year's free public charging included, you will find it cheaper to run too. If you're already thinking of making the leap to an electric vehicle, then consider this your official sign. Go online and search Vauxhall Electric Vans today. Vauxhall's best-selling electric van range, energising a better Britain. Terms and conditions apply.